Episode 65 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast. <laughs> Recording live here at Physical Culture Collective. It was a mission getting here. But uh, introduce yourself, my man. My name is Gavin Van Vlack. What's uh, up? I'm the owner and curator of uh, Physical Culture Collective Diamond Heart Martial Arts in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, the guitarist for Burn played in a band called Absolution, played in a band called Guy116, and I currently am working on a musical endeavor called Canonized. Yes, which I listened to on my way here, as a matter of fact. Awesome. But um, hope you liked it. Yes, it was different. Yeah. Vocally, it's yeah. different. Yeah. Music heavy as shit. Yeah. Vocally different. I was like, oh, okay. And it took me a second. I'm like, I'm digging this, though. It had, for some reason, the fir- I don't know why, but the first thing that popped in my head was almost maybe not as quote-unquote rappy, but like a little Orange 9-ish, but very melodic, melodic lyrics, which, which I dig because it's not the same old formula. As no, I get that. What's like, around? Here, here's the thing. Anything like Orange Nine ish, that would have to be peer group influence because Chris Trainer, right? Chris Trainer and Chaka are you know within my in my cadre. You know those Absolutely. guys are all you know. So we all kind of you know our ideas like you know they're, 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 not, none of us are going to do anything that's going to be sanitized from one another in a way. There's always gonna, we're always sure. going to have an influence on that. Um, yeah, I mean, vocally, I you know, people are like, well, you can actually sing. And I'm like, yeah, well, I can, you know. Um, yeah. And it's just, they're like, why haven't you done it before? I'm like, well, it never really came to me. And finally, I was like, I wanted to try my hand at it. And I really enjoy doing it. I, I like having the whole, like, soup to nuts concept of, like, you know, handling the songwriting. Yeah. Which is what I'm doing with Canonize now as it develops and becomes, like, quote, unquote, you know, once, once it grows up into a real band. Right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I, I, I want to have other members bring in ideas and stuff like that. Um, I mean, as it stands right now, I'm working with a bunch, I'm working with a crew of just really awesome, super talented musicians, drummers, and so, like Abbas Muhammad, uh, who played in Burn, who's, you know, he's, a, he's just a young firebrand drummer. I mean, anybody who's seen him play with us knows how friggin' amazing he is. Um, Chris Enriquez, who's, you know, um, he's kind of like a journeyman player. He's, he's one of those guys that just, like, he's just so tasteful in his playing. He plays with Spotlights, plays with uh, Primitive Weapons, he played with On the Might of Princess. Um, oh, he plays in Spotlights? Yeah, yeah, he's a drummer for Spotlights. I, I had that. Mario and his wife on the podcast. Those before. guys, are, I love those. Yeah, they have their own episode. They I, are, I, I, see, I didn't know They that. are amazing people. Um, Uriah Hackney from Rough Francis, who's... Uh, you know, one, they're 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 kind of a legendary band. They're a thing. I mean, they they're out of Burlington and they've done a lot of really great stuff. And they're you know the Hackney Brothers are legacy punk rock because their father Bob Hackney was you know the the founder of Death out of Detroit. Um, Tucker Rule from My Chemical Romance and Thursday played on some tracks. Um, Manny Carrero, bass player for Glass Jaw, Burn, and. Uh, Saves a day, uh, you know. Still suit right. played on some tracks. Um, I'm planning on doing some stuff with uh, more stuff with Mario Contreras. Uh, I talked to Taylor Macklin from Orange Nine Millimeter about playing on some stuff. Uh, John Stanier has offered to step, step, you know, do some. Tra- it's it's kind of. I mean, I'm kind of taking advantage of having the time right now to really just play with people that. I've always wanted to play with. Sure. If you, you had know. that opportunity, man. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I'm doing. But again, there are, these are also people that are, you know, they're friends of mine. They're from, you know, they're from my, my clique, my cadre. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and that's what it was based on. It was a lot of material that really wasn't burn applicable. Okay. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, people are like, oh, it's, it's, you can hear the burn influence. It's like, well, basically, because I write most of the burn stuff. Right. You know, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot more melodic, so to speak, than burn. Um, you know, I have a different... I have a different vocal cadence and vocal style than Chaka. Yeah, I, so, I didn't know yeah. that you could sing. Yeah, so it's You've got it's pipes on you. Well, it's because and you're not yelling at people. You're not barking at all. Yeah. Well, it's um, I've had some coaching. I've worked with some different people, and I have a lot, many, a lot of different influences. Right. You know, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, it's uh, you know, I just, I mean, I love music. Yeah, I, I love music. I mean, I look at, I look at. Uh, the musicians are really, I'm really like into right now. There's this one. I love the whole Minneapolis scene. Okay. Uh, like, and not even so much the, um, just the rock scene. I think is good, but like the whole like, if you look at like Ron Sayers. Yeah. Like you look at like, like atmosphere. And atmosphere. All yeah. Right now, Prof. Yeah. Prof to me is like one of the best things in hip hop. Okay. Because he's not just doing hip hop. Homie can sing. He can do like so many things, but. You know, people try to discredit him because he's kind of like this white nerdy yeah. kind of like. Sub- I'm not familiar with him, so check him out. I, check I him out. Will. He's uh, um, he's uh, his new album I think it's called Li- uh, it's called Liability. But yeah, he, I mean, he's he's he does everything really well, and he's he's another one that works with like some really talented musicians. I'm just into music. I just yeah. you know I don't. For me, it's like you know I love hardcore, but I you know my first you know my first live people heard before like my first live show was was a country show was Waylon Jennings. Right. Um. So for me, it's just about music. It's just like that guitar on stage kind of thing. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I say it often. It's like it's like I don't hate on anybody for like liking what they like whatever music you feel you yeah. feel like do I love hardcore of course I do it's my oh, main thing but, ravenously, ravenously ravenously but but it's but you know I'll listen to pretty much anything yeah you know, I mean with some exceptions I just you know, I just can't take certain things but well, yeah there are there are some boundaries that I have there are some boundaries yeah you know a lot of shit they play on the radio today I can't deal with it yeah I don't want to I don't want to get because a lot of people are like uh, you know like oh modern hip-hop and da 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 there's yeah. stuff there's stuff out here but here's the thing about it to find good hip-hop you got to do what they used to have to do to find good hardcore you got to look for it you got to look for it you know it's like they're not going to give you the good stuff on the radio no that's for the 60 percent yeah. That's for the people that want to be told what's to like. Exactly. There's 60% of the population that doesn't know what to like, so they need to be told what to like. The rest of you, you can't sit there bitching about like, oh, there's no good music. There is good oh, music. There's plenty there's of There's plenty it. of fucking great music out there. You just have to not, you know, you need to put down your cell phone, yeah. so to speak, because you actually, nowadays, you need your cell phone to find it. Right. But, you know, use it for the, you use that for the, for, 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 for good, not for evil. Exactly. You know, and, uh, you know, and there's so much good stuff out there, and I'd like to think that hopefully the pro—I just said pro—the canonized record gets lumped into that because it's like you know I know it's not going to get—I don't have a—I mean I don't have a big label. It's on the essence out of London, England, okay. which is of theirs. They're a strong little label. Right. The, I, I went with them because they're the the owner of the label, Adam Malik, is. Probably one of the most um, just honest, wonderful human beings I know, who just loves music and yeah. lo- you know, and he's just nothing but you know he's done so much good work and helped helped burn out so much, and uh, he's just I mean I can't speak well enough of him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I wanted to do it on a small label to keep it kind of like close to my chest to see what happened. The review, I mean, I, I, all the feedback I'm getting on it are great. Yeah. I'm not, I haven't checked on how well it's streaming because I've got like, I've got a lot going on. I've got a gym to run. I've got, you know, I, you know, I, I, I've got so, like, I've got a life outside of music that of I have to handle. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, but I'm, you know, I, my plan is actually I'm probably going to release another one or two songs. Every, I kind of want to try to do it every four weeks, four to six weeks. That's what you kind of need to do nowadays. Yeah. It's like yeah. the attention span of people. It's, it's no longer way back in the day, like, with his labels, and you could put a single out, and 
you could ride that single for six months to a year yeah. and that puts it like nowadays like you said like with the phones and everything the attention span you have like like a week two weeks three weeks to get something out there and promote the shit out of it because the attention span is gone for yeah. the most part no it's true it's true and it's uh you know everything's so fast yeah and the problem is that you like it, it can be deceiving at times too because there'll be some stuff out there that's really good and then all of a sudden stuff gets thrown up that people are being told it's good you know right. it's not really you know yeah. um I've seen a lot of a lot of stuff get released that I think I was like, wow, this is really really important. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no one else is getting this. Yeah, it's really strange. It it's is a strange, strange time in music right now. Um, See, you know. I look for shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, like yeah, there's hype bands like hardcore speaking. Like, yeah, there's these big hype bands and stuff like that. People love. I mean, listen, if you love the music or you love a whatever particular band, then, then cool, have at it, have a ball, yeah. good for you, good for the band and all that. Yeah. But there's like these hype bands now that I'm just like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's just my opinion. If there's so many people and these bands are jumping on like these huge tours, good for them and good for their fans. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's a beautiful thing, but it's just some of it's just not for me. Yeah. But, so I'll dig down a little bit and I'll... I'll find like my shit. You know yeah, what I that's, mean? That's you know that's kind of like hip hop as well. Yep, I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm all about like the ill bill and the Vinnie Pazes and, yep. and this and the, that underground type stuff. Yep. I mean, I'm not feeling Drake on the radio. I'm just no. not doing it. No, it's, no. Just, it's just not me. I'll take one RA to a thousand Drakes. Oh, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, and, without I mean, a doubt. and I mean, if, if, I mean, we're we're in we're in Mr. 69's neighborhood. Of course. I mean, homie are. lives right down the block. Does he really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You ever see that kid walking all the around? time? Danny, I see, it, yeah, I see, I see him, him all the time. His mom's walking a dog. I mean, they're 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 neighborhood people. I, everybody, can, I know there's all sorts of controversy. And the problem with the, 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 there's there's so much controversy. You don't know what's true, what's not true, so on and so forth. I mean, you know, everybody, I said something because I think uh, Isaac had posted something, and uh, you know, I have you know passing conversations with his mom because she walks his dog, and my dog's in the gym all the time. With six nine's mom. Yeah, yeah. Six, nine's <laughs> okay. Mom. Yeah, and uh, I said something about it, like, and someone instantly got on me about like his. Uh, he has like statutory. Like he's a pedophile. Well, there's a big difference between a pedophile and someone who has statutory rape charges. Yes, there's a difference. There's a huge, there huge is. difference, especially when you're talking a kid who was charged at 18 years old uh, with a girl who was 13. Right. You know, there's a five-year difference. There's a lot. I mean, and it's like there's so much weird gray area there to where it's like you know, and I'm gonna take a flat for this. I know. But I got assaulted. I just someone went off on me about it, like, oh, and this, that, and the other thing, and you know, you know, what about the little, the little hip hoppers and that? And I'm just like, dude, that's I said. I said I talked to his mom, and she's a nice person, right? You know, that's what I said, right? You know, and he's never, he's always like, you know, I share this building with Brooklyn, Brooklyn made motorsports downstairs. He's always been really, him and his friends have always been really respectful of myself and Sean, who owns a motorcycle shop downstairs. Like, if they're doing something on the block, they'll come and tell us, and like, hey, we're shooting a video. You know, I hope he doesn't fuck with any. Like, he's always been, so I don't have anything. Right, so pe people need to separate, like, all right, so yeah. you know him, I'm not going to say maybe on a personal level, but you've been in contact with him, and, you, and you've yeah. spoken to his mother, so there's a thing there, which is not his public persona, yeah. which everyone jumps all over because yeah. they don't even know the kid. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, people need to learn to separate well, shit. Well, from what I know, I mean, all I do know of him is that he's like the king of the trolls. You know, it's like he he's is. made he's made his career out of trolling people. He is because it's so, so easy. You know, and it's like the, the, the you know, it's like the little boy who cried wolf, and that kid's just fucking screaming wolf all the way to the bank. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I we're think, in Bushwick with the windows open for anyone who's listening. So you, yeah, might, hear get, a, you might hear a train rolling by. You're getting, you're getting some real Brooklyn ambiance. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, um, without a doubt. You know, I think I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard two of his songs just on YouTube just to see what it, what it was. I, I couldn't even I couldn't tell you even it, one it's note. Not, it, I mean, to me, it sounds like the rest of it. Right. I don't, you know... Um, I don't, you know, it's there's there's nothing there's nothing that resonates with me, too, right? You know, um, I know that he's a huge. It was yeah. funny because one day I'm walking Musashi down the block and wearing a high on fire shirt, and he looked at me, looked at me, looked at the shirt, and goes, like you know, yeah. he's a, he he loves rock, does he? Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, but the funny thing is, and this is a weird thing too, because I know he's Mexican, but if you look at him, someone someone I forget someone with an RC goes like, is that like the bastard child of Saab? 
because he oh, does look a lot like Sop. Oh, shit. He does look you know a lot what? like Sop. It's fucking crazy. You take all the colorful shit out yeah, of his yeah, mouth. Exactly. He looks a lot like Javier. He yeah. does look a lot like, yeah. rest in peace, Sop. Yeah. yeah. And I was That's just fucking like, crazy. I didn't think about it. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, I mean, his mom is like three times older than Saab, and I don't think that happened. But, right. um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was funny because I was like, wow, I never thought about that. No, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> wow. back, back, back to back to the music thing. I mean, there, there's some great music out there, but you have to don't bitch because it's not being spoon fed to you. Right. You want it, you got to work for it. It's exactly. Like anything, you know. Um, yeah. So, do you, would you want to go back? Like, you want to go back to almost like what was the first band you were in? Absolution or no? No, I was in a bunch of other little things. I played in the New York Hoods. I played in Side by Side. Um, you was, did play in Side yeah, by yeah, Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I played in like a bunch of little, like, like, like smaller, like project bands that never got off the right. ground. Um, there was a point. It was like right before Side by Side, actually, where it was just funny. Billy Milano had approached myself, Tony Scaglione. And uh, Zowie Ackerman, wow, uh, about being the, the the lineup for MOD, and uh, Zowie ended up going with I think Circus Power. Right. Tony then got hit with Slayer, and I was such a mess that it was like yeah, I was just like ah, yeah. and uh, I think that's when he got like McGurdy and those guys to do it, you know, and like, right. that's you know, but that was funny because someone actually asked me, you know, like, there was a rumor that you were you were asked to be in the first lineup for MOD. I'm like, yeah, I was, and I just couldn't, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's something that I wanted to do. I mean, I love Billy, and mine and his politics are very, very polar yeah. opposites. But that's another thing. You got to separate shit with people. Yeah. People start hating on each other for just their view on politics, but at yeah. the end of the day, that doesn't affect the person themselves unless yeah. they, you know, unless they personally attack you. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there's, there needs to be separation nowadays. It's fucking bananas mm. because everyone, I don't know, it's my opinion. It's just like people are just biting. Like it's just like people are just taking the bait and just running with it and letting outside shit. Like influence you and your relationships with people, and it's, oh, I'm not your friend anymore. I'm deleting people and this and that. Fuck you over why? Because you wrote like killery or some shit. Like it's well, just like it, come on, seems, man. What it seems to be, and this is from someone who's, I'm definitely a far left winger. Okay, I grew up far left wing. Always been left wing. But my observation of the left wing is that currently... Nowadays? Yeah. The, far the, left? Bad shit, I think. Well, this, the thing is, like, my, my people are the people that are screaming for tolerance but are showing none. Exactly. And it's very, very... It's... Hypocritical, maybe? It's hypocritical, but it's, it's disheartening because there, there are certain things that need to be conversations on. Absolutely. And there needs to be a dialogue. And without a dialogue... Um, we just end up in turmoil. Right. And because there's these hot button fucking words that stifles a dialogue. Yeah. All you gotta be do, all someone has to do is go, oh, you're a racist, you're a Nazi, yeah. you're this, you're that. And then you get that, once those things come out, then it's like, all right, see, now I can't even talk to you. Well, that's the weird thing is that because of the way I look. Right. Okay, I get that a lot too. I mean, I fucking look like Larry the Cable Guy for fuck's sake. Um, Jesus you know? Christ! Yeah, you don't, you know, the song thing with Six Nine, maybe You're not Larry the Cable Guy. But, but I mean, look, here's the thing: is I, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a 225 pound, you know, big guy who appears to be Caucasian, although I'm actually. I'm actually of, you know, Chicano, Hispanic descent. Right. You know, I'm, you know, half Dutch, half Mexican. Okay. Um, so, I, I mean, I, 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 I identify. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, identify how you want. And I will respect that. I don't care. As long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't fucking care. Right. You know, I have friends who are, you know, you know, cisgender. I don't have nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, and it's like... I, you know, I've had people be like, you know, say like, well, you know, your politics, and I'm like, well, what exactly are my politics? Yeah, really. You know, what are my politics? Yeah. You know, what and what do you know about me? You know, I grew up, 
I grew up, you know, in a swamp in New Hampshire. We moved to the Lower East Side. You know, I grew up on, you know, very much in like the hardcore scene and the fringe and the left wing, left wing of like that's what I gravitated to. Sure. You know, where there were kids who were like, you know, into you know, let's say like the whole screwdriver oil thing. I was into the discharge conflict thing. Right. That's what fucking resonated with me. Right. You know, and anybody who knows Absolution, like we were fucking, you know, we were was it like Mark Bay, Mark Bay, and Mike Huckleberry. Were like you guys are like short-haired conflict punks. You know. Um, <laughs> And yeah, that's what Gingy and myself and Sergio were. That's our that's our background. And I'm very much a liberal. And I'm very much, you know, I you know I you know, and I've been I've been generalized as like, you know, oh you you know, you're you know, you're, you're, I had someone like, well, you, did you vote for Trump? And I'm like, that's you're even asking me that, right? You know, it's like, you know, I you know, I I don't even think a lot of the people that voted for him would, you know. Admit to voting for him now because it's so. I mean, not on the coast, no, no one will. No, no, because 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 the reason why. I mean, I think. I mean, there's so much shit when it comes to politics and whatever, yeah. and you know, it is. Well, it, even uh, broaching that topic is just such murky water because it's it a fucking, is. It's it's a goddamn reality. It's literally it's a reality show now. It, oh, it absolutely um, is. But then you you have like basically you have you know. Your California and your New York. You have your coasts and a couple of little dots here and there. But once you get into those rectangular states in the middle of the country, those square states, that's who fucking elected them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or we, we can shit because he got buried in New York. Yeah. I he got buried in California. Well, the, the problem is, is that like, you know, we, you know, and I'm not the first to say this. You know, it's a two-puppet system. Of course. You know? Yeah. And people were like, oh, Obama was so much better. There was a lot of shit that Obama pulled that was really not fucking cool. Of course. You know? There's a lot of shit that every fucking president has pulled for ages. You, In order to get to that point, you need to step on a lot of fucking heads. And in order to become a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever... You need to fucking crush the little guy to get there. Yeah, and that's the just how is it is. What they've done is now they've they've they've, they've made this conflict with the, with the working class. Yeah, they've succeeded in divide and conquer, right. and they've got us at each other's throats. And See, I don't like, subscribe to any of that. Like I, I just me personally, like. I'm not a no one's Trump. You could fucking... I don't care if you fucking support Trump. I don't care if you support fucking Hillary or fucking this one or that one. If that's what you do, that's fine. Don't come at me with all your shit. I don't care. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't fuck with my direct deposit or my child or me personally. Yeah. I'm all right. Like, if you're cool, I'm cool. Like, I don't care. I don't care what God you pray to. Yeah. I don't care if you pray to fucking Necco or if you pray Absolutely. to the fucking... I don't care. Yeah. As long as you're cool and you ain't a jerk off, yeah. I'm cool with you, man. You know? That's just me. Well, the thing is that, like, he was sold... He was sold... It's... He was sold to the public and he was sold to the square states as a Washington outsider. Of course. You know? Which but is bullshit. It's, it's, not, it's, bullshit. it's not a Washington outsider because he's, he's, he's about money. Of course he is. And that's what it is. And you... I mean... You know, my girlfriend and I, we have, uh, we have land upstate, and uh, there's, there's people up there, like there's the one guy who's a Vietnam vet who voted for Trump, and I had, to, I had to talk with him, and you're talking about a guy who does not trust the government at all. Right. And he's got, you know, he, like three tours in Vietnam, you know? Yeah. And he's a sweetheart of a guy, but, you know, and I listened to his reasoning for it. And it's because every, since since he's gotten back, everybody's been. And it's funny because the one person he said it wasn't wasn't a, a total wasn't a total fuck up, but was way too soft was Carter. Right. You know, he goes Carter had all the best of intentions, but he right. got pushed around real easy. Yeah. You know. I don't really remember it. I was too young. Yeah. I wasn't like my head wasn't in politics yeah. at all. Not that it really is now because it's yeah. just, I think it's just. I mean, in four years or eight years or whatever the fuck it is, in two years or in six years, if if Trump is in or out, there's going to be somebody crying about who's in anyway. So it's the same but, shit. It's just like. But just, what it is, it's a way. It's a way, and it's a way for the pe- for. And I, I'm going out here saying the one percent and all this stuff, but it's a way for the rich to keep the the poor at each other's, other's throats. It's true. And that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing more than that. They've got us on opposite sides of the line, shaking our fists at each other, 
while they're up, they're up at the opera seats, sure. drinking champagne and laughing. Of course, it's bre- it's 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 high level bread and circus. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, I you know, like I said, there needs if there's going to be any solution, any resolution, any kind of healing, there needs to be a dialogue. Absolutely. There Stop with the knee-jerk reactionary fucking nonsense. Absolutely. If you can't, and trust me, here's the thing. It's like, I'm one of those people, like, I've, I've, I've been susceptible to my first, to my first, my first notion. We all know, are. My first decision. We I all have are. to really take, I always have to take a breath and wait for my second decision to show Same up. Same here. You know? Same here. You know? And yeah. it's, here's the thing. It's like, you know, my first decision... Here's my, my first decision is like let's I'm trying to put it like to our listening audience the people who will understand like I'll, I'll, I'll take I'm gonna take and I'm not meaning this in the wrong way let's take minus my first decision is like minus in his prime minus the, the original singer from yeah. Aurora like in which, case which, no one knows yeah. minus minus in his prime was that guy who was like he he would he would walk up the four big dudes not a second thought. And fucking, you know, four big Nazi skinheads and fucking be at it, be about it. Right. Like, pure impulse drive. Right. Okay? Right. My second thought is more like my grandmother. (laughs) Not my grandmother, but somebody's grandmother who's made all the mistakes and knows that, like, that first thing isn't the right idea. Right. There's a better way to go about it because she's, she used to be that person. (laughs) Right. So it's like, um, and... I, you know, I wish there could be more of a dialogue because I really think, you know, we talk about change and we talk about healing and what this nation needs is a lot of healing, you know, and it's, it's, I don't want to see it in another four years get more and more derisive and torn apart and, you know, like it's become separatist in, you know, separatist in not just like people are like, oh, white separatism, but there's ideological separatism, sure. you know, separatism on the left. Yeah. You know, that is so like, you know, you know, for, for, you know, and, and these are the people, like I said, that are, are we, you know, we're the people that are supposed to be showing tolerance. Right. And like, you know, that ain't happening. it isn't. And it's really, I mean, it's upsetting. Yeah. It's upsetting because there's, I mean, and you're hearing it coming from Gavin and people who know my past. There's very little that can be truly, violence is such a last resort. It's such a last resort. And we have so many better tools than that available to us. There are so many better, more sustainable tools available to us. Right. I agree. And... It's just kind of odd, especially as you get older too. It's like, yeah, well, dude, I was in junior high school once in my life. Wisdom, you know, wisdom comes with age. Don't let age come along. Right. Absolutely. I mean, crazy. Let's veer off top politics. Sure. Because yeah. back to absolution back in the day on the okay, Lower cool. East Side. <laughs> That's very political at that point, too. And right. Like, you know, you look at our peer group, the bands we played with, they were like, you know. It's a different political yeah. time and all that, so it's different. <laughs> Nausea, the resistors, uh, you know, like, we, you know, we, we, you know, of course, we also played with, like, Sick of It All. We played with, like, you know, Crackdown was one of our favorite bands to yeah, play oh, with. fuck yeah. You know, th- and that was all, like, such good stuff. I don't think about it a lot. Um, you know, I reach out to Sergio and I talk to Greg and I talk to Gingy. You know, Gingy owns a boxing gym down in Miami, and we talk business all the time. And you know, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's kind of interesting because like what's going on in my life right now is super. Like, I love what's in me. I love my. I love this facility is really important to me. It's really, you know, it's changed a lot of lives and. Uh, it's done a lot of fucking good, and I love the community that's come up around it. Right. Um, and uh, you know, like, and then and then new music, like you know, it's like I'm, do, you know, like I'm doing new music. There's a lot of bands out there that, like, you know, I think really deserve a lot of attention because I think a lot of people. And I'm not saying like, oh, fuck, what's behind us? This and. I'm saying like right now, like there's bands out there that are so fucking awesome. Like one of my one of my new favorite one of my new favorite rock bands in general is Mutroid Band. I fucking love them. I, you know, I, you know, John Lamacchia talks about them all the time. 
Oh, they're fucking great. And I've heard of them. I never listened to them. Oh, they're so great. They're so great. They're so fun, and they're super talented. Um, you know, and uh, they're they're one of those bands that just like you know, if you get a chance to see them, you know, they play in the area fairly regularly. Uh, Nick Nick Caggio, their bass player, has become a really good friend of mine. Um, and their uh, singer was uh, I'm drawing a blank on his fucking name. Jesus. He was, right. he was in Caven, you know, and okay. Caven's another band I really love. Yeah. Um, Ache, another great band that's out Shout right out now. to Ryan and yeah, Matt and Ryan all them. Matt, great, those guys. great fucking band. Yeah, I played shows with those guys. They I played a couple in, of my shows when I was still booking shows. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sat in and second guitar for them. They needed, they needed, they, you know, they needed a substitute. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan was on the podcast too. He has Ryan is such a fucking good energy. He's yeah, such man. A person. He is. You know, great guy. I love talking with Ryan. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it, God, I'm, it's so funny because I'm drawing a blank on like bands that like I think are. I mean, I think it's also because I just got out of a I, like a writing. When, when I write, I tend to not listen to. I stay away from rock and stuff because I don't want to steal from. You don't want to steal friends, indirectly, and, you know. Yeah. So I end up listening to like a lot of like trip hop and weird dance stuff like not even weird dance stuff like you know like trance house and like I'm, I love like like John Digweed and Carl Cox and stuff like that like I don't know who those people they're are all like, they're all like house DJs oh uh, yeah know? that's not my world yeah, at all I, mean, I have no idea I love that so I play it when it's just around that because it's, it's great background music right you well, it's, well yeah, yeah in, in this element I guess yeah yeah well that's the thing too is I'm always looking for stuff that I can play here because I can't always play hardcore here no we do have time like you know I've got like you know a couple of pro fighters that I train that like when we come on we have like you know torch and high on fire set list you know and it's nice. all fucking like rock just balls out kind nice. of shit that's good. You know, um, we have a few, we have a bunch of playlists here that like are for certain, you know, at certain times, you know, and that's, you know, the thing. Yeah. You know, one of the things that then it's funny because like I've had to be very aware of because of, like I said, the demographic. And these are lessons that I've learned as a gym owner. And because I don't think about it being, you know, being who I am, but. You know, we have a very, we have a really big LGBT crowd here, right. and there's certain hip hop that comes on. That is quite honestly, I, I, I don't think about it, but it's fucking offensive. Yeah. You know, if you take it into dialogue, sure. There's shit that they're saying that is. Yeah. I have to be. I have to, as the gym owner, I have to be cognizant of that. Sure. You know, and it's tough because you know I can put on like, oh, it's a radio station based around Talib Kweli, right. but somehow NWA is going to sneak in there. You know, somehow, so kind of like, absolutely. And I, like, and I have no control over the algorithm, so I have to be very aware of that. Yeah. You know, because. You know, and it's like I said, like we were talking about before, you know, that stuff, that stuff triggers, that sure. stuff triggers people. And once you start to affect someone's feelings that way, and again, people are, oh, it hurts my feelings. Yeah, but the thing is that feelings, feelings are something that people carry close to the heart. Well, yeah. You know, and when you're affecting someone that way and you're not acknowledging that, then you're not considering that. And I've been guilty of that, you know. I've. I think we know, all have. We're only yeah. human, man. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know? absolutely. And it's like, like I'm a, I'm a, like a, I'm a 235 pound hugger. Right. And I have to fucking realize that there are people that are coming into this facility. It's a martial arts facility, and there are people that are coming in here not just because, like, yeah, I want to do Muay Thai and I want to fucking kick hard. I want to. There are people that are coming in here that are that are carrying some kind of scar, some kind of baggage, sure, and yeah, yeah, to sure. have some big 225 pound guy come up, give him a big hug, kiss on the cheek kind of thing. It's gonna. And that's the thing. It's like I'm I'm a big hug, kiss on the cheek right. guy, and that. And I've learned this. Yeah. I've learned this because I got called out hard on it. You know, um, I need to learn to respect people's boundaries. Right. But then again, you, you're not doing anything malicious. You're, you're just, not, you, how are you supposed to know that this person is damaged in any way? Yeah, you're, you're coming at them with respect and nothing malicious, and you're not. You know what I mean? So yeah, but the thing about it too is that I wouldn't I, think you'd be. You, you, I, from my it's, perspective, it's all, you wouldn't be all, guilty yeah, of anything. It's not. It's not guilty of anything except the. Uh, the uh, I have to be aware of that as a gym owner. 
you know? In that respect, and, I get in that it. Respect, and I have to understand there are more than one reason for people coming here, you know? Right. And I have to respect people's boundaries. Sure. And these are things that, like, you know, I've had to learn and I've had to evolve my behaviors. I've had to grow my behaviors because those are things that can alienate someone very quickly and make someone feel unsafe. Right. And that's another word that I know, you know, like, People are going, oh, I feel unsafe. Yeah, people do feel unsafe. Like, three, three blocks from here, about a couple months ago, there were several fucking major sexual assaults on Lafayette Street. Right. You know, women were being attacked. And, you know, it's... These are things that are very, very... In a neighborhood that's being gentrified that are happening, especially within the transition. Yeah. You know, there are certain things that I see, because I've lived through this for so long. Like, one of the things that you start to see is that, you know, like the Bummingdales, like the sidewalk sales? Sure. When there's really, really good Bummingdales. shit. Bummingdales. Yeah. When there's really, really cool shit, yeah. you're like, oh, wow, that's a really fucking awesome coffee maker for sale on the street. Right. That is a sign that someone's... that. So there's there's some fucking you know someone breaking into somebody's house who's just moved here right and that is a big sign of gentrification now when the old culture meets the new culture there's always there's there's more times than not a big clash yeah you know and that new culture as much of the best intent they have of not thinking that like and the, the new culture is usually like you know stop gentrification and they don't realize artists seldom realize that they are the first wave of gentrification right you know myself as a teenage squatter I was one of the first waves in the Lower East Side of that gentrification yeah. in the 80s yeah you know and I didn't realize it until later you know and I've had people talk to me about oh gentrification I'm like oh really where, where are you from I'm from Ohio I'm like really really okay yeah, really okay so you know um, and you know and but when there's this there's there's that clash of culture and that's what's happened yeah and there this are, whole area is changing because a couple of years back I lived for about four months on McDonough Street oh that's changed huge it's changed huge yeah. now I'm driving through Bedford-Stuyvesant the livest one um, yeah. you know on my way here yeah. Bedside do or die yeah. and it's like like, you know, a couple of years back, like, I would be driving home from, you know, back to where I was staying for a small amount of time from work. And it would be, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, 15 years ago, you didn't drive around here 1 o'clock in the morning. Right now, and, like, I see, like, hipsters with, like, above-the-knee shorts on and, like, pointy shoes at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning waiting for the bus. Yep. Like, whiter than I am. Like. Yep. Like, all right, like, well, like that's, that's a, a sign. People disregard things, like, because right across the street from here, we have the Sumner Projects, right. which are still very much fucking on fire. Yeah. Um, well, there's certain parts that, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've also seen how they gentrify that, too. Sure. Um, which is, is is sad, because the people that live there, I mean, there's, there's good people that live there. And I think they should be given a chance. And it's like... It's it's really scary because, like I said, there's there's some stuff that's happening in this neighborhood which is it's horrible, and I don't wish it upon anybody, you know. And it's it's watching watching the clash of neighborhood a neighborhood in that kind of gentrification. Like we just get, we just got our first Starbucks right down across from Woodhull. Oh, Jesus Woodhull Christ. Hospital, which you know, it's like the 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 running joke here is because you know we you know we have ambulances that are flying by here all the time. I'm sure we've probably heard a couple of oh, yeah, by absolutely. Already. And it's like the only thing louder than the sirens is the person screaming in the back, "Please don't go to Woodhull." You know? <laughs> yeah. Because it's like yeah, Woodhull is like the the death star of the, the death star of the medical industry. Oh God! You know, well, I've ended up there once. Thank God, it's I was never there. horrible. But there's a Starbucks and a Chipotle just opened up right across. Oh, that's a yeah. sign. Yeah. Two years, you this to be a different fucking area. Absolutely different area. You got a Chipotle and a Starbucks, it's yeah. a wrap. Yeah, yeah. They it's planted a, that seed. And a Chipotle and a Starbucks, it's a wrap. It's that's a, a bad pun. You, you yeah. said that wasn't even intended. No, it's a burrito. It but, uh, wow. But, um, <laughs> and that's one of the things that makes me kind of, kind of sad because the people that are our demographic that we have now, I don't want to see them get priced out of this neighborhood. I don't want to see them go. Right. I love our demographic. I love our fucking people. And, uh, 
you know, it's tough. I mean, and eventually, probably, I, I, I would say that, you know, PCC's time will come too. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of a 10-year lease, you know, if I, and I'm three years into a 10-year lease. Right. So it's like, you know, but, you know, until then, the mission stands the same, you know. Sure. I want to introduce people to movement. I want people to fall in love with it. You know, we we use martial arts here. As, it's skill-based play. We're, it's like, can you compete in this? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. You, if you want to compete, you can learn to compete in this. But that's not our first and foremost. Our first and foremost is getting people to fall in love with movement, to fall in love with with play, and to fall in love with engaging with other people which is one of the great things you do with martial arts right you know which is something that we don't that doesn't happen like if you go to a planet fitness it's like maybe you talk to someone when you're walking from one machine to another machine that's it or you're on a treadmill staring at a fucking television set right it's it's and it's not you know the treadmill doesn't do it it's part it's it's a small part of the equation the human body is meant to move in so many different ranges of motion and angles and can do so many awesome things and you know, I want that for people, especially for the people, you know, that think it's not for them. Right. The people who are like, oh, well, you know, I was never an athlete. We're all, okay. we all, here's the thing, is like, you may not have been an, you may not have been an athlete, but we all have the capability to right. be athletic. Right. It's you just, don't have to be a pro athlete. No. You know? No, but kids aren't pro athletes. Of course not. Kids just play, and it's like I tell everybody, anybody who owns a pet knows their pet doesn't want to exercise, their pet wants to play. That's it. Like, my, my dog and my cat, like, I will sit there and throw this little fucking mouse for my cat all fucking day. She'll, she fetches. Right. You know, my dog does the same fucking thing. Yeah. My dog will, we have, I have a rope here that my dog will play tough. My dog wants to play. Yeah. You know? The dog's the dog not looking does, at it like working yeah, out. Yeah, my dog's not like, wor- my dog's not worried about his biceps. No. You know, no. My dog's not worried about his abs. No. You know, that's a by, Musashi is jacked because of byproduct of training. Right. You know? And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. If you fall in love with training, you're going to want to do it more. Right. You know? But the idea, too, is to fall in love with it. There's that proper zone. And we, it, it, people always talk about that concept of flow. Right. You know? Yeah. And flow is that fine spot right in between boredom and anxiety. You know? Boredom is that shit like we were talking about before, where you're on a treadmill and you're kind of like, you're not even cognizant of what you're doing. You're watching what's on TV. Yeah. You know? And then anxiety is the other end of the spectrum, which I do have a little bit of a love for, but it's really, it's that, 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 uh, that. Um, extreme fitness thing, which really isn't. I mean, I hate to say ex- extreme fitness because it really isn't a fitness. Right. It's it's just very extreme. It's like you know, going all out until you puke, and it's like that's not a place to be at either because right. it's not sustainable. You know. Yeah. And here's the thing about it: if someone comes in, let's just say a Muay Thai, they come in and they do. They do, you know, a Muay Thai class and they go about it moderately. Right. As opposed to someone who comes in and they're trying to fucking kill the pads every time. Every punch has got to be hard. The person who's going about it mindfully and moderately and is in that, like, medium space of flow, they're not going to be sore the next day. They're going to be like, that was good. I'm going to go back and do it some more tomorrow because I'm having fun. Right. That person who's at an anxiety level, there's going to be certain hormonal hormonal effects that they're going to be sore because that's how the body adapts. Sure. And they're not... Really going to be able to train, right? You know, and the whole idea of training oh, you should be sore. No, you shouldn't be. Right. You should do it so it's like so you're getting a proper training volume. Now, training volume equates to the amount of training you do over a week, right. you know. So, if you get someone who's training balls out two days a week, or someone who's training moderately five days a week, that person who's training five days a week is getting more work, more work minutes, more work hours, right. more productive work hours. At the end of six months, that person who's been training moderate, moderately at a skill-based level is going to be much more proficient at the art right. than the person who has tried to go all out. Plus, the person who's tried to go all out is ha- has more of a chance to injure themselves, which is deleterious sure. to training. You know, you shouldn't be injuring yourself in this. Right. You know, once you get to a competitive level, yes, there's going to be injuries. But when you're at a non-competitive level of training, yeah. there shouldn't be injuries. Right. You know? Yeah. Things should be within a safety line. 
You know, you should be able to delineate the concept of like something that's a solid exercise and something that's a feat of strength. You right. Know, yeah. Like a muscle up is a feat of strength. And I know guys who can do high rep muscle ups, but it's really, if you think about it to me, it's a combination of two different exercises that could be separated. Actually, three different exercises that can be separated and trained properly and safely. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm not discouraging someone from wanting to have a goal of being able to do a couple of muscle-ups, but don't try to make that your training regime. Right. Now, caveat, there are guys that can do that. You know, I'm not one of those guys. Right. You know? Um... There are guys, you know, you see the bartenders and you see all those guys, like, and they're amazing with that stuff. But they're so neurologically locked in, they've been doing it for so long, that, you know, they have a mastery of that skill. Right. But to that level, those guys also compete in that stuff. They're at a competitive level. Right. Now, also, you, you talk to any of them and they're all dealing with injuries. Now, injuries and fitness wellness, they should be separated. Right. You know, sure. Yeah, it makes that's sense. Why, when you know, when anybody comes in here and works with our coaches, our coaches are always about safety first. That's the first and foremost thing is to get the, get the get the get the client or the or the let's call them the athlete out of here as safe as possible. So they, all they have to do is be that much stronger, just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. MED, minimal effective dose. Okay. If you go minimal effective dose over a year, you're so much more than you were as opposed to like you're just, you know, down in the whole bottle of pills at one right. pop. Yeah. You know, um, it's, you know, like uh, one of our coaches says, you know, all the time, Zach Dom, who's, you know, uh, brilliant, brilliant fucking coach. And he goes, you know, he goes, train often, test, test seldom. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't go for PRs. I go, I, I'll, I'll do like for me What's a PR. A PR is like a personal record, like oh, okay, single rep max. Da, da, da. I, I don't go for singles. I'll go for triples. What can I do for three? Right. If I can do something like fairly high for three, that's a good for three or two. That's a good judgment. I don't even do single. Single reps is a competitive level thing. Right. That's Olympic lifting. That's competitive. That's competitive powerlifting. Right. That's single rep stuff. I have no reason to go there. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's you the know? point? I have to check my ego because, you know, as a guy, I'm like, oh, I wonder what, you know. That's not the thing. At the, where, where I'm at with this right now, I'm looking at sustainability to where I get to where I'm older, where I can still do the things I love to do, where I love to do Muay Thai, I love to do Jiu Jitsu, you know, and I want to be able to do that. And I injure myself doing resistance training or conditioning, then I can't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and that's a, you know, people need to understand also, like, on the training floor, like, you see the pads, and you see tons of it on, on YouTube, like, guys who are, like, hitting the pads hard, da, da, da. and that stuff looks good, but quite honestly, pads are target practice, and it's it's precision yeah. that you want. If you look at, like, a, like a, a competitive sprinter, and you ask how often they go full out, only when they compete. And sure. that's the way we like to treat our competitive athletes. The only time they should be going hard is when they are in a competitive situation where they need to do as much damage or knock that person out. Right. Because all other times, they're working with their training partners. And if you're damaging your training partners, you're doing both yourself and your team a huge disservice. Service. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've been, in, I've been in sparring situations where you knew someone was going to get knocked out, and I would never have any of my athletes do that. Right. You know? And that's the thing, too, is that people, anybody listening to this who's worried about martial arts, thinking like, oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to compete. You don't have to compete. Right. You don't have to compete. This is play. You can come in and you can drill. Yeah. Drilling is not competitive. Okay? It's not competitive in that sense. It's still play. Pad work is just, it's, it's like I said, it's target practice and precision. Right. You know? The bag work is fun as hell. But again, it's it's good cardio. It's fun and it's play. Yeah. You know? Anybody who's, you know, that's why I always push martial arts because it's like everybody wants to put on that superhero cape every once in a while. Sure. Try, you know? Yeah. 
that's what makes it rad. Yeah. You know? Seems like there's a lot of people, like, over, like, the last, like, I'm going to say probably about 10 years, I just see there's a lot of people, like, it, like within the hardcore scene, who's jujitsu? everybody, there's so many people. Yeah. From Joe Wisdom and Chains to Hoya to fucking, yep. there's so many people. Yeah, Billy Biohazard's a fucking Billy Biohazard's been, he's been into this shit year, for years. years. For years. I got a quick Billy Biohazard story. Yeah. This is probably shit. This is going back maybe 91, mm-hmm. something like that. Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn, when Biohazard was like maybe the first record had just come out or yeah. was just about to come out. Yeah. And that was like Flatbush Avenue was like our stomping grounds, bar hopping wise. I yeah. was like 15, different yeah. world back then. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm in a bar, 15, yep. 16, no yep. problem. Yep. So there was a whole bunch of us, and as we're going down, going down, there was some kind of an issue. I don't know exactly who was there. I think probably Bobby Hamill was there, and a couple other people were on the corner, and there was a problem. And there was no cell phones or anything, so I don't know exactly how it all happened, but it seemed like it happened really fast. And here comes Billy. Running with no shoes on. It's like two o'clock in the two o'clock in the morning. Running around the corner and fucking just leveled this one dude right on the corner of right by Lenny and John's Pizza on Flatlands Avenue of Flatbush, like two in That's the morning. Funny. It was like I was like, uh, well, there's Billy, like in yep. his fucking sweatpants. I guess he was like at someone's house or asleep. I don't know where he lived at the time, but he had no shoes on. It's so funny. Running on the sidewalk, 1990, 91, something like that. That is it's so like, funny. Like, yo, man. He's always been he's always been such a solid guy to me. And that was 1990. I don't know him very well, but every time I've ever spoken oh, to him, he's always been cool with me. Him, Danny Schuler is a good friend of mine, and like, yeah, Bobby also. Bobby and I used to party together. Yeah, whole oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, I love Bobby. Oh, I know, I know, you know a lot of Bobby even, stories. Even Evan. I mean, I know it's very controversial, but Evan Seinfeld's always been. Always been an aces to me. Always been a good guy. Right. You know, they've always been great people to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I like, seen Burn years ago with Biohazard. Yeah. Yeah. The Marquee. Marquee. Yep. Yeah. I saw yep. that flyer and shit. Yep. Yeah, man. I remember all that stuff. No, absolutely. Um, but that's the thing is, like, you know, go out and find your like local. And it doesn't have to be more tired jujitsu. Find what resonates with you. Yeah, you know, it. and it doesn't. It, it could be rock climbing. It could be anything. Find some form of play because the brain is. The, here's the whole thing. The brain needs it. The brain is a problem-solving organism, and that's what like any game like that, like rock climbing or tennis or martial arts. It's problem-solving, and we need to do that. That's what helps us grow continually through our lives. We need to have that stimulus because otherwise, and, and I'm, I'm treading on stuff I've said in other interviews, the brain left unchecked is a, checked is a dangerous organism because sure. the brain will start to run little worst case scenario test patterns on your heart. You know, and start to start to terrorize your heart, and this is where it gets into like your own brain will start to hurt your fucking feelings. Yeah, yeah, and that's where your feelings live is in your heart because your brain can be a bully, and your heart is a child. You know, you picture your brain. That's your, funny way to put you know, it. Your brain, your brain is kind of like this dog that, like, as long as you keep it occupied, you know, you give it a, a chuck it ball or something, or a, you know, one of those like, you know, road pie to chew on, uh-huh. it's totally fine. Sure. And your baby, your heart is a baby in the crib. Right. But the second that fucking dog, that, that dog, that heart does not have something else to problem solve on, it's going to problem solve on that fucking baby. Right. You know? Yeah. And that, that's part of the, the human condition. You know? Yeah. And I've fallen, I've fallen susceptible to that too. I've fallen to the point where I've gotten into a mental stagnation to where all of a sudden I start to terrorize myself. Right. You know, I start to like let my paranoia place my bets for me. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, not a good place to be. Yeah, and uh, but that's one of the reasons that like you know, martial arts is so fucking important to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, well, you've been wrapped up in it for how long? Fuck. About thirty years. Yeah. 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 Thirty it's, years. It's become a part of you, man. Yeah, it is. You know, and it's like it's it's and you know, New York has an amazing martial arts community. Yeah. You know. If you, you know, and anybody who's, anybody who's listening to this, you know, Gavin Van Vlack on Facebook, uh, GVV Strong on Instagram, uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, and I'll, you know, I'll help you do research if you want to find a place near you 
you know, and here's the thing about it, like I said, it doesn't have to be martial arts. Find a climbing gym, find, you know, find a runner's club. Yeah. Find something where you're doing things with other people. Yeah. You know? There's a big disconnect. You know? Don't, you know, you know, there's certain stuff, like, there's certain things, like, I'll do my, my strength training, I like to do it alone. Okay. I like to get contemplative with that. But with martial arts, it's really hard to do solo jitsu. Yeah, you know, you yeah, can do so. stuff. You can do flow stuff, and it's cool and it's fun. But it's, there's nothing better than just like drilling with a friend, like picking a couple techniques and let's let's work on these. Let's get these pegged down. Yeah, you know, let's get these so they're like fucking boom. They're skills. Yeah, let's work towards mastery of something. Yeah, something. You know, that's like 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 with guitar. I like what I love about guitar is like it's constantly working through that towards mastery of it. Yeah, you know, and I haven't got it yet. I'm still learning every day. Of course, you know. Yeah. So, so you open minded enough like that you learn shit every day man it's yeah. like whatever your craft might be whether it's yeah. jiu jitsu whatever kind of martial arts yeah. it's the truth man it's like fucking dude we'll be learning shit until the day we fucking take a dirt now yeah well I mean that's the funny thing I was talking to someone the other day about like you know my like, my big fear is that like I have so much stuff that I want to do that I know that I'm going to die with like probably about half a dozen things that I didn't get to you know right. <laughs> you isn't know? that a fucking scary yeah. fucking thought yeah so it's like that's why I'm always like you know that's why you know the canonized record was like you know people are why have you never done it you know and I was like, yeah, you know what? It's time I needed to do that. Yeah. You know. And so you I, say you've done it. Yeah. Well, and I want to continue doing it. You know, because right. I like I, I I personally. It's fucking it. good shit, yeah, man. You know, and you know anybody who's uh, canonized the the Instagram is CNZ official uh, at Instagram. Canonized on uh, you know canonized band on uh, on on Facebook. Um, the record is available through Essence. Um, I think we only did like 500 pressing of the of the vinyl, but it's available for download on uh, on iTunes, and you know you can stream it on Spotify. It's on all musical platforms. Um, yeah, definitely. If you get out there, let me know what you think of it. Even if you don't think it's good, I want to know. Yeah. You know, I'd say I want to know. You know, if you don't think it's good, I want to hear what you're listening to, because maybe I can learn something from that too. Right. You know, I'm always, you know. I'm not, I'm not infallible, and I'm, I'm always down to learn. I'm yeah. always down to, like, you know, to be able to evolve. Yeah. I have to be. You know? See, there's that ambulance who's all Yep, that. person in the back screaming, please don't go to Woodhull. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So what is it, three songs, four songs? It's four, three songs. Three song EP. It's three songs. I got another five on the burner right now that I'm recording with Travis Bacon at, uh, at, uh, at Chapel Black. Studios, which is fucking awesome little studio near here. Nice. Um, I'm supposed to be going in also again with Mario Contreras, and I'm supposed to also possibly in October go up to Vermont to record again with Uriah Hackney. Um, my plan is to get probably about 10 songs cataloged and have that for like to be able to release every four weeks for a while. There you and go. And then figure out. I'm starting. Um, I've been doing some work with uh, some of the players from the. Sinclair and Isaac from this band called Too Far that just broke up. Uh, they're from Austin, Texas. There's some young guys. I know. Trying to put the lineup together right now. Okay. What I want to do with it. Right. Do you have any shows? Anything? Nothing, nothing. Nothing booked. Nothing booked right now because I have a I have a lot to do here with you know with and, and you know it's fall so there's a lot, a lot of new members coming in and uh, you know I'll really, I have to really focus. I was on tour for like two fucking years. Yeah. So I really need to put the focus on. You know, on on what's going on with our PCC. Yeah. Anything yeah. else coming up with Burn? Um, nothing booked with Burn right now. We're, uh, we're actually uh, we're doing a video with Mel House for All Together, and it's a little bit late because the record's been out for like two years. It's all right. But, you know, it's fine. He said he wanted to do the video. We're trying to get that done. Uh, Chaka is working on uh, his Ghost Festivals thing, which I'm really excited to hear what that sounds like when it comes out. Yes, I was speaking um, with him a while ago about doing because because I mean if people haven't realized that Gavin was a part of I don't remember what episode it was but the New York Hardcore uh, the graffiti New York Hardcore yeah. episode with Freddie Alva and Chaka was there and Smog and all these yeah. people so I would like to eventually do one with just Chaka but not necessarily just talk about Burn I mean talk about his Ghost Decibel stuff and even Orange Nine Millimeter yeah. which I don't think gets enough no they don't they don't talk. get enough talk at all yeah I don't know. think they get enough shine yeah 
There's a lot of bands from that era that don't get a lot. You know, it's weird. Yeah, it you is know, weird. Them, Sweet Diesel, there's a bunch of bands from that yeah. whole, you know, loaded. Man, there were so many really fucking cool bands. Yeah. You know? But yeah, or- Orange Nine definitely doesn't get a lot, you know. Yeah. So you guys are doing a video for what song? For Ill Together. Okay. Yeah. And that's for uh, Ill Together is off the record that came out about a year and a half ago on yep. Death Wish. Yes, Do or Die. Yes. Yep. Correct. Yep. If you haven't copped it, I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for. Get out there and get it. Get out there yeah. and get it. Yeah. You guys got have any shows booked or anything like that? Nothing right now. We're kind of taking it to a little, a little burn from touring, you know? And it's yeah, like, man. you know, wanted to sit down and do some work on, on the Ghost Festival thing and we need to get our, you know, need to get, need to get our bank accounts back up because it's expensive. Oh, of course it is, yeah. man. How about an absolution reunion? Uh, I would do it, but Gingy's super busy with his with his band. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's easy to fly him up. That's not hard. I know but when did you guys play last? You guys black played and blue ball. black and blue. That's yeah, right. The black and blue ball. That was uh, that was yeah. That that was that was the sick of it all show. That was a very very uh, eventful night. Oh, that was the CBGB's matinee yes. thing. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, it was like v, it was like you guys VOD. Sick of it all, Chromags. Yep. And maybe one other band, I don't remember. I wasn't there that night. Kind of glad. Yeah. It, it was, uh, yeah, turns out. But enough shit about that, yeah. Yeah, it's enough about show. that. Yeah, shit got murky quick. Shit got real murky yeah. real fast. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. yeah. It sucks when shit like that has to fucking happen, huh? No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's fucking ridiculous. It's just stop the nonsense already. Oh, absolutely, on all ends. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, good shit, man. Anything else about the Canonized record? Content, um, lyrical content, what you're fucking talking, what you're singing to people about. Um, God, no. lyrical content, if you don't, I mean, hit me up and I'll, I'll copy the lyrics and throw them at you. Right. Um, it's very, it's very kind of intro, introspective stuff. Anybody who knows my background knows what I'm about. Um, one of the reasons also I did is because I've gotten a chance to work with like some really good video artists. I have a video for uh, Bottle Lockin' that John Belchevich is doing. Um, I have a video for Swine Dive that's coming out that Orlando RC is doing, which I'm really excited about. Um, some of the newer songs, I've already sent out treatments to have videos. Um, Indigo Raname, uh, is, she's uh, actually she's the principal in the Swine Dive video, and she's a super creative cosplay artist. And I shot her one of my treatments and I want her to like lay out a storyboard because she's super great with like visual stuff. Okay. And I'm trying to what I'm all I'm trying to do is like work with new artists. Yeah. You know, I want to get the new fresh flavor, a little yeah. something new, man. I want to get the visual aspect of things back together because it's like, you know, we don't have the vi- we don't have the album anymore. So right. I think the visual is lost. So I think I, I kind of have a feeling that something can be gained through the video. If we get if we get corrected and do it in the proper format, yeah, you know, because that's the thing about you know, art art comes in the ears and it comes in the eyes and it you know, you know, comes in the nose when it's like food in the mouth and it's right. like it's like it's it's a sensory thing, sure. And that's the thing is we want to have that all you know all inclusive. It has that tactile. That's the thing that we lose in the CD covers and the album covers is that tactile sense of like, oh, you know. Man, yeah. yeah that that so. comes up often on the show. Yeah. Like how people, people like our age and yeah. stuff like we grew up on that shit, you know? Yeah. Like, like I feel, you know, sometimes I'll buy something on iTunes, but I'll buy also the package deal that they have out. Like the new Jedi Mind Tricks. Like I yeah. bought the t-shirt with the CD yeah. and all that. But I also bought it on iTunes so I have it on my device. Yep. But I want to look through shit still. You but know? That's, here's the thing about that, too. That's what supports artists. Right. You know, and that's a good thing. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I can just, I can just download it. I'm like, yeah, but then after a while, I can't afford to do music. Right. You know? Yeah. Or your favorite artist. It might not be me, but your favorite artist. You download all of their songs and pirate them. You know? Yeah. You know? It's like, it's like a bar. You can go in there and drink for free, but if there's no money going into the till, that bar's going to shut down. Your favorite bar's going to shut down. Sure. So you got to, you know, there has to be some kind of quid pro quo. Yeah. You know? It's true. So, again, with that, support live artists. Yeah. You know, support living artists. Go to fucking shows. Buy a fucking shirt. Buy merch, man. Buy a shirt. Buy a, buy a book. Buy a, you know... You know, like J- Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Band from fucking uh, 
from from Converge. He does art, you know. Support, yeah. you know. If you like his art, buy something from that motherfucker. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's you know. It's like that's that's you. You want art to exist. You want things to inspire you. Then you know, blood in, blood out. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. So you know, and I'm not saying it in order to chastise, but we need to, we need this to cultivate. Yeah. You know, and to grow other artists. And if we don't have this, it's not. If we don't have that, it's not, not sustainable. And right. then we have people going like, well, "There's no good new bands." Right. <laughs> but you don't know what you're talking it's about when you make that statement. The cycle can go one way, or the cycle can go totally in reverse. Right. Yeah. You know? Sure. So that's all I gotta say. So you gotta say. So yeah, if you need to reach out to me, I can reach. I reach. My Instagram is uh, Physical Culture Collective at Instagram. Or Physical Culture Collective at Facebook, Gavin Van Black at Facebook, GVV Strong at Instagram, CNZ Official at Instagram, okay, and Burn NYHC at Instagram. Right. And those are all my contact points. Right. Okay, so you can hit me at any one of those. Cool. No Twitter accounts. No, I don't have a Twitter. I'm not. I, I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah. I have and, one, but it's like whatever. Yeah, and quite honestly, if you want to come by, we're not open. We're a boutique gym, so we're not open all the time. We're open for class times, or if our, our coaches have, have uh, clients here. Um, we're at 857 Broadway in lovely Bushwick, bed Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, 11206. Uh, we're at the... Broadway stop on the JZM um, and if you want to swing by please do so anything you want to know hit me up yeah hit up Gavin before before you come here and knock on a closed locked door yeah exactly yeah so you know do your due diligence in order to make yeah, sure definitely. make sure someone's here awesome yo man thanks for your time Thank bro you, man. Nah, any awesome. fucking time bro yep. cool we're over here now